Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, welcome to The Big Payoff with me, Rachel Bello, and my best friend and business partner, me, Suzanne Muschen. This is the show for working humans to remind you that you are still a human, even at work. Okay, Rach, you did it once again and dragged me over to yet another Netflix show, this time, thankfully, only 90 minutes. And it was time very well spent on Bo Burnham's new comedy special, Inside, which was so brilliant and dark, dark, funny, but dark. Yeah, you're welcome. It it was dark, actually, but so brilliant. Definitely run and see it inside. But I've been meaning to bring it up because it's so relevant to what we are talking about today and what you and I talk about a lot, which is these fraught moments where whether you're a company or you're running a business or you're you have you're the head of a team or you just have something that you need to actually comment on because it's either in the public domain or you know somebody quit and you need to say something. And and there are so many choices that you need to make. And it's so complicated on how do you get the tone right, the timing right. And I just think that Bo Burnham really, you know, captured something here. Very important. So are we listening to the bit where he, it felt a little too close to home to what you and I do for a living, but where he really is digging into what companies have been doing lately when they feel like they need to weigh in on a social justice. Issue. Right. It's a, it's like a brand positioning. At, <laughs> yes, at, at God. A certain yeah. Okay. Let's listen. Hello. My name is Bo Burnham and I am a former comedian turned social brand consultant. It's a very exciting time to be a uh, brand. It's also a bit of a scary time because Customers expect a lot more from their brands than they did in the past. During this incredibly necessary and overdue social reckoning that we're having in our culture, it is no longer acceptable for brands to stay out of the conversation. Consumers want to know, are you willing to use your brand awareness to affect positive social change? which will create more brand awareness. The question I ask the brands I work with is, 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 are you gonna be on the right side of history? The question isn't what are you selling or or what service are you providing? The question is what do you stand for? 
are you? Bagel bites. All these big companies, they're so scared of all this social change. And I come in and I, and I put their fears to rest. You know, I tell them, just be honest. Tell your customers that, that J.P. Morgan is against racism in theory. You know, Rachel, I think there are, I mean, first of all, like that did make me laugh so hard, but also cringed, <laughs> cringed so much about past and current work that we do. Um, as did, by the way, my favorite, which I texted to Lily, was the white woman's Instagram. Is oh, this, that is. Is this heaven? Yeah. Or is it a white woman's Instagram? But, um, you know, look, I think that we are now inundated with these moments, both big and small, where something occurs and we're supposed to somehow all become like, uh, uh, you know, immediate experts in PR and like, you know, crisis communication, like Olivia Pope. It's like, we're all supposed to all of a sudden have these PhD level communication skills to be able to navigate everything from commenting on big stuff like Black Lives Matters and social justice issues to this month being, you know, Pride Month. To the and then she, things. Right. And like, so we just recently remember when last spring we, you know, there was the blackout on Instagram and everybody yes. like, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and then there was a, then there was a wave of shaming about that. Yes. Right. Yes. So you were like, um, I didn't do it or I did it. But anyway, like now, of course, the Juneteenth stuff is up yeah. and everybody's being challenged to comment on that, including us. Yes. That. So. I, you know, I can say that we did not handle it as well as I know we could have last year because no. we were reacting in real time to something. Well, we, we were, were white last year. We were white last year. We were cis white. Yeah, we were. And we did no real history of this type of public response to it. And we were at a new company. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of anything we did. I just know we could have done it better. So here's what I remember from last year feeling, uh, you know, those little moments of like, uh, I wish I could remind the tape. First of all, we spoke out too soon. So we drafted, and I remember us trying to be thoughtful about it, but we drafted something to all of our members too quickly. Yeah. That was too vague. I mean, I remember we even mentioned the book White Fragility, like which later became like a meme. Yeah. Right. But thinking back, it was like, oh, here's some recommendations of books. Right. I mean, cringeworthy stuff now that you think back on it. And the other thing we didn't do, we didn't talk with them. We didn't talk to our stakeholders and, and staff members in a really authentic back and forth way. Our minds were really on what do we communicate out? Well, also, also it was awkward because it was as if we were discovering Juneteenth. Yes. But it was right. the first time that we had ever in any of our companies acknowledged, acknowledged. the existence. And we didn't right. say that. No. We didn't say it's amazing that we have never acknowledged Juneteenth. Right. Right. So that was hard last year, just walking those fine, fine lines between not trying to sound like, oh, we discovered all this for the first time. And yet trying to be in a really authentic mode of like, we are trying to be better. We are trying to dig. So we, I think we did a 
better this year. Well, I mean, you know, we did better than, did you see the, <laughs> did you see the JT Firstman on Instagram, his thing of corporate speak of like my corporation? Favorite. Yeah. It is my absolute favorite of his oh impressions. Yes. You have to go to Instagram and, and then search for JT Firstman, F-I-R-S-T-M-A-N. And he has this, he does impressions of various things. And other than the impression of a mosquito, <laughs> which is the best, um, this impression of a corporation speak is absolutely what we weren't this bad, but boy, it, this is it, bad. This is, this bad. is what not to do. Go off, sis, queen, it, bitch, queen. Yes, slay the entire game, mama. Dance to Gaga, queen, sis slut bitch we are a company and we talk like this now because that is what we have seen other people do on the internet queen bitch we're a company we're target where we sell things bitch and we support whatever is happening on the internet stupid slut bitch sis queen I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So this year rolls around. And I'm proud of the fact that we gave our employees the day off. It wasn't the day of Juneteenth, which right. was Saturday. It was the Friday before where we observed it. That. Yeah. I'm proud of the fact that we've been consistently better. It's not like all year we've said nothing about anything. And all of a sudden it's Juneteenth. But I did want to say something more meaningful to our employees and Hey, mm-hmm. take a day off. Right. So I went through a process of drafting an email. And it's hard, Rachel, because you don't want to lecture people. Again, like I'm white and our team is diverse and plenty of people there know plenty about Juneteenth. And I asked somebody to do a draft for me. And what came back felt dry and very informative. And I found that the only thing I could do in that moment was what I really learned from last year, which was no, no close your eyes and sit with the feeling of how you feel about this moment and day and try to speak from some place of truth of what this day could be, should be, what Bonfire thinks of it. And I, the only thing I know is that to a, a diverse group of people in our company, it felt real, which is the only win I can claim. 
right? right? And and the and the thing is not the the entire note, the entire communication doesn't have to be centered on your authentic no, feeling, but no. something in there has to be something, something in there has to. Be. And, and so let's really bring this down from those big moments where you're running something and you're expected to speak on it, which will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also happens all the time in these other like day-to-day moments, smaller oh, yeah. moments when in your personal life and in, in the office where you're expected to speak out on certain things. Um, and or just part- inform people, Rach. I mean, how many yeah. times are we or other people inside a project meeting and you have news, maybe the client has, you know, dumped you or maybe a project team member is no longer with the company, whatever it is, someone needs to convey something difficult. Right. There's like so much mental gymnastics there. And I think our listeners are going to need some guidance because, and I think we can help them. I, I do too. We have examples and we have a case study. Yeah. So when we come back, let's, let's do that. So recently we got a phenomenal case study from Lily, your daughter, who's our producer, who also runs a preschool on the side. And so she gave us this great example that I think embodies so much of everything we're talking about, a difficult conversation with a group of stakeholders. It asks, begs all the questions. When do you share information? How much information do you share? In what medium do you share it? So let's use that as sort of like a case study and we'll problem solve with it. So you know what? Instead of are telling you about this case, why don't we have Lily tell you what actually happened? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So this year at my preschool, we've been struggling with our landlords because the co-op complex the school is located in has been undertaking a massive construction project. And we've been fighting with them since day one about creating access for our families, building a stroller ramp, protecting the kids from dust and noise, et cetera. So recently to comply with a New York law, local law 11 facade inspection, which is like a massive thing they have to do every five years, they had to build scaffolding actually in our space over our entire outdoor area. Um, So we fought with them to put up extra protective shedding and, and everything to keep the space safe. But we've had parents complain to us that there wasn't enough warning about the work and not enough communication from us about it. So our thinking was at the time, it would have been alarmist to email the entire community every step of the way to say, heads up, the co-op says there's going to be work done in February. Oh, wait, it'll be next year. Oh, wait, it's day after tomorrow, which is in fact what happened because they kept changing their mind and didn't decide the day until two days before. So this was a leadership decision to not unnecessarily stress out our families, but was it the right way to do it? I genuinely have no idea. Okay. Well, since the parents were, you know, hugely pissed and it's become like the scandal of the school for the uh, spring and early summer, uh, I would venture to say there was probably another way. So maybe we can find that other way. So here's a formula that I think is pretty foolproof, Rachel, in terms of 
just a set of considerations because the the details are going to change depending on the scenario. But given what Lily said, and given that this can be applied both to Lily's case and pretty much to the Juneteenth communication to uh, somebody on a project, you know, moving off and needing to inform people. So here's the, the rundown. So the first thing is, who needs to hear about this actually? So something's occurred. Who really needs to hear about this? A- and be very specific. Right. And and don't assume that everybody does, but also mm-hmm. don't assume that you can tell some, some community and it won't spread. Okay? Right. So the other question I would ask is, why do they need to hear about this? So once you understand the target of your communication, what is it that they're going to be worried about? Why do they need to know? Is it a safety issue? Is it a cost issue? Is it about their jobs? What is the question that they're going to be asking that you need to answer to that particular community? And and I would only add there that if you don't answer those questions, it will be worse right? Left to their own devices, not Mm -hmm. answering those questions will spiral into something worse for you. The third thing is, what's their anxiety? How can you actually pull out of them or pre-assume or pre-assess what their anxieties? Because everybody's response to crises or change is an anxiety of some kind. So can you speak to that? And not and not just speak to it, but share it because yes. you, people don't want to feel um, unnecessarily anxious when you're not right. So yeah, you can sure. basically say, "I share." If you can say, "I share the same anxiety," but at the very least, say, "I totally understand this anxiety. Oh, yeah. I would feel the same yeah. as you do." And then finally. Who needs to be communicating this, right? If it's a low-level staff person, is it the head of the team? Sometimes having the CEO or the head of something isn't the right person. Right. right? It, it, it amplifies. We've made yeah. those decisions all the time where it's like, well, if I say it, it right. comes across one way. But if the team leader says it, it comes across completely differently. And you don't want it to be perceived as being this massive communication, communique, as we say, in the comms business. (laughs) So now, you know, now let's do a role play. Now let's see if we can go back to Lily's situation and let's role play those rules, but in a, in a not formulaic way, you know, we'll just see what we can do with it more or less. Okay. Okay, So who are you going to be? I'm going to be Lily. And I'm going to be then, why don't I, I'm going to be a parent who's whose child goes to the school. Obviously, if I'm a parent, I guess that makes sense that the only reason I would give a shit is if my kid went to that school, right? Exactly. So I just want to say, though, Suzanne, that in this role play, I'm making a different choice than what Lily made, right? I'm going to tell them right away as soon as I learn that this is happening. Got it. So let's start with, I would have done this like the very first time you heard, they heard that there was going to be scaffolding. I want all parents to know that we have just been notified by the city of New York that this is happening. There is no word on timing. We will not get 
plenty of, we won't get notice before we won't get a lot of notice, but we want to just tell everybody that we are going to do everything in our power to protect the children and ensure the health of the play area. And we will let you know as soon as we know something. So that would be my first step. Okay. And now the the minute you say that. Hello. Um, Lily Bello, please. She's no longer available. She. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, she's hello. Yes. Speaking. Lily, um, this is Margaret. And obviously, you know me because I just called and you have my caller ID on your phone. And my daughter, Samantha, is in your class. I just received your communication. Unacceptable. Oh, what what is it that's unacceptable about it? I all, I know this is very upsetting. I b- believe me, you know I have a son here, as you know, in the school. And the minute I heard that, all the alarms went off in me about the health and the safety and all that. Are you having the same feeling that I'm having about my child? Oh, I'm annoyed because you work at the school. I work outside the school, so this is going to inconvenience the shit out of me. And what I want to know is how do I have to work around this? Maybe it'll take more time with drop-off. Maybe I have to like wear something different to the school. Is it going to be messy? I mean, this takes planning, Lily. I'm a professional. I work in org. So can you please give me more information than we'll let you know when we know? So what I think we can do that you raised some really good points. What I think we can do is run some scenarios and what we will do is send out various scenarios. What I cannot do is promise you that one of those scenarios will in fact materialize because as you know, you know, the time we don't have control over some of this. So what, what you're looking for is control and I can give you more control than what we've given so far, but I can't give you full control because we don't have full control. So let me play a scenario for you, Lily, which is the day before this all happens, you communicate and are like scaffolding alert tomorrow morning. There'll be scaffolding. Is that what I'm hearing? Um, it could be uh, my, my very sincere hope is that they give us more notice, but it could be, and I, I, I can't, I I can't deny that it could be very short notice. And I want to be clear that I'm not going to hear it from Samantha coming home to me saying, mommy, we heard at school tomorrow, the play area is going to be under construction. I can guarantee you that you will hear before your children hear. Okay. Okay. I mean, thank you, Margaret. Thanks. And um, goodbye. Click. So let's just take one scenario and run it through this formula. And let's just say that the scenario is the one we've spoken about, which you have a pretty important switch of personnel on a project team you're working on. Yeah. And you have to convey that to the team who's been working really closely together. So, okay. So the first thing you ask is who needs to hear about this? And I'm going to suggest everyone working closely with that person. I mean, everyone. Well, everyone include both internally and externally. So sometimes there are funders or partners or people working with 
this person, they need to know immediately. But I would go internal group first, then external. Yes, exactly. All right. Then why do they need to hear about this? And so to your point, the internal people need to hear about it because all their questions are going to need to get answered, which is going to be like, what are their anxieties? What does this mean for me? What What does this this mean for them? How do we ensure their workflow isn't overloaded? How do we ensure that when they face the outside world, they feel like I've got this, the company's got this, we don't feel stressed so that anyone external to the company isn't going to feel stressed by the decision. Right. Right. And yep. And then, and so just to dig a slightly deeper in that, when you communicate to them, both internally to the internal people and the external people, you need to name the anxiety. Don't make them name it. You name it and say, I know this must, you must be wondering, or we've, we've expected that this would be an issue. Is there anything else you're anxious about? Let that anxiety be aired and then make sure that they know that it is not a silly anxiety, right? Right. Yep. And then finally, you know, who needs to be the communicator? Typically it, it'll depend on how senior the person is who's leaving, Mm -hmm. but it should be the person just senior to that person Unless it's some like, you know, massive fallout in the company. I also would say here, everybody needs the same story and it needs to be so simple, right? Nothing complicated. Everyone needs to be able to repeat the same story. So-and-so will be leaving on this date for this reason. Our solution is that this person is going to be taking up this work starting here so right like it's got to okay, be Okay so that I simple. but I have a question. So like mm-hmm. what about the fact that there's always a small small group of people who are like connected at the hip. Like yeah. yep right and th- and they would be so offended to hear with everybody else even if it is you know early right I would want to hear from the person him or herself or themselves about what the situation is, right? Yeah. Except for you cannot let that happen without the supervisor being there. Like you can't just say like, let's say you're leaving a team, Rach, and I'm your boss and you're really close with, you know, Lily and and Molly. I can't say to you, yeah, Rach, why don't you go talk to Lily and Molly on your own? And then we'll all communicate. Like you can't, and you do don't that. think that Lily and Molly will be upset that I'm telling them in a non-personal way. You can tell them, but with me there. Okay. But you're I not my to... boss and you never will be. So let's just use a different example. Okay. So that's good. I think that really worked with the formula. I mean, I think you said something quite brilliant. unusually smart. It was brilliant, quite rare. You said, the main thing that everybody wants to know is we got this, but not in a way that shuts down their concerns. It's like after you've allowed them to air, after you, it is the message is we got this. Everything's yeah. under control. We got this. Mm-hmm. Because they, if they get a whiff that you are not in control, that's when, the, that's when they go for the jugular. In other words, you should know by the end of the show now, say it with me. You are May Day. You are May Day. Suzanne, let's let's check it out. Yeah, let's check it out. Let's check it out. We should check it out. Okay, Rach. So 
my check it out this week is something that's coming back into style. And don't tell me it's not because I'm sitting here in my closet. Um, so did you know that Tavas are back? Like seriously back? Yeah, they may be, but not for me. No, they are. Oh, sit tight. They're everywhere. And I just bought myself a pair. So don't, don't. I can see your face. I can see them. They really are everywhere. These have a nice little wedge, which works well for me. Okay. They have the cutest. This is like, you know, one just black one. But I'm telling you, if you just like go anywhere, yes, they are. I have seen them. They're ugly as fuck. I don't care. That no, they're Rachel, it, they are super comfy. This is a new cushion at the bottom. It's squishy, comfy, cozy. I could walk 15 miles in these. You will never see me in that shoe. That is ugly as shit. But okay. I agree. Other people, if you don't care. You don't care. Every, everyone has complimented me on them. Be like, oh my God, tables are out. That's I so cool. You're right that Because they have to, yeah, they kind of have to say that. But okay. Uh, let me, I am going to tell you about a book that I, I have, I very rarely have this experience where I'm halfway through the book and I already know that as soon as I'm done with it, I'm going to turn right back around and read it again. What? It is so brilliant and heart-stoppingly familiar. It is Katie Royfe, who I've known for years since she was a little girl, and she is a well-known feminist academic. She's a professor at NYU. She is, um, she writes, you know, feminist theory. She's written feminist theory in English literature. She wrote a novel about a presumed love affair between uh, Alice in Wonderland and, and uh, Carol, the writer. Um, but, and other stuff. And I've, you know, she's super smart, but I've never been particularly interested in Katie Royfe's stuff. It's very, I don't know, academic. She's just published a book called The Power Notebooks. And these are her personal writings in her notebooks over the years. Whoa, whoa. And Suzanne, and what she's examining is the discrepancy and the gap between women's proclaimed and intellectual postures about power and we demand and we want and the and way then we, I said and then and he said and then I said and then the gap between that and the way they behave in intimate relationships and the power you give away in moments of salary negotiation like those personal intimate moments where she's just like yeah what what that is so, oh there my God, are I can't stories wait. here about her in relationship. And I'm not going to give away that you just go, oh my God, I've been there. Oh my God. And, and it's so vulnerable and so, and she's dissing herself and what she wrote in her twenties. And she said, I wasn't lying in my twenties, but I was what? writing, I was writing what I wished had been true. Oh my God. That sounds so, yeah, I read only one thing about it. And you know what I remember reading in that article? Is that she wrote it while wearing Tavas? <laughs> you know, I think she's so way too cool to wear Tavas. No, ever. I read that. I did read that the whole time she had her feet on the floor planted. And by the way, I always thought it was Tavas. Is it not Tavas? Is it Tavas? I think it's Tavas. I, think it's Tavas. I, don't know. I, I pronounce that. it Tava. <laughs> <laughs> while you wear them. Okay, that's a good look. Yeah. Tava. Okay. 
We will be back to the big payoff very, very soon. Here, listen to the strap. <laughs> That's how ugly soon we'll be back. Yeah, ugly as shit. Ugly as shit. Hey, thank you for listening to The Big Payoff. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to The Big Payoff wherever you listen to podcasts. And please send us your questions. Send us your comments, compliments, adoration. We love to hear from you. So you can reach us at info at bigpayoffradio.com. We are produced by Lily Bellow and were mixed, edited, and scored by Ryan Derringer at Welterweight Sound. See you next time.